Skewed and Reviewed TV. I'm your host, Gareth Von Kallenbach, creator, editor, and lead reviewer for Skewed and Reviewed and Skewed and Reviewed the magazine. I also appear on KISW Radio as the uh, film and game guy on the top-rated BJ Shea Morning Experience. We have very special guests in studio, the Atomic Bombshells. But first, we got a trailer for the new Sylvester Stallone film, The Expendables. Check that out, and we'll be back in a few. You're not going to want to miss tonight's show, folks. We've got a lot of special events. Got some contests, got some video game and movie trailers and much more, and we'll see you in a few. Stallone coming back, leading the all-star cast for the big retro throwback film, The Expendables. As you see, he actually got Arnold out of uh, semi-retirement out of the governor's office to come out and do the uh, scene, and Bruce Willis as well. The ironic thing about it is that um, Arnold was free to do that, but he wasn't free to do his cameo in the Predator film that we talked about that's coming in July, but oh well. Uh, Dolph Lundgren, as you see, also appears in it. 
And in an ironic twist, Jean-Claude Van Damme was offered a part in the film, and he turned it down, saying it was, uh, quote, little more than a cameo, and there wasn't much character to it. And my thought is, if you've seen any of the last uh, few films, Jean-Claude released direct DVD that usually are on the USA Network about 2 a.m. <laughs> character is the last thing uh, you want to think about. And I don't know if I ever mentioned, Darren, I actually got a chance to meet him. Of all places, Grouse Mountain. Grouse Mountain, Grouse that? Mountain, uh, Vancouver, right outside. It's the ski resort where they take the big cable car up the side oh, of the mountain. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, came up to right about here on me. <laughs> I've yeah. heard he's not that tall of a guy. No. Isn't yeah. he doing some challenge of some type yes, kickboxer or something he's like that? He's to prove that he's a legit kickboxer is going to take on a Thai uh, kickboxing champion. Former Thai kickboxer. He's not going up against a 20-year-old, but I just thought, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I'd watch that. You know, it's it got to be better than that Manny Pacquiao fight where Claudie just covered up the whole time. You know, that pay-per-view oh, sense? You know, you, you, you've never lived until you've sat in a house full of Filipinos watching a Manny Pacquiao fight because he's like literally the national hero. Mm -hmm. And they're all like, put him down, put him down. And the other guy wouldn't engage him. He just covered up for the whole fight. And I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> this wow. is exciting. Anyway, but he does a really good job with that. Anyway, we've got special guest in house. And uh, we're going to show a little trailer to uh, give you an idea of what's in store for you. So uh, check this out. special guest in studio from the Atomic Bombshells. Ladies, please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Kitty LaRue from the Atomic Bombshells. And I'm Ravi Ramosa from the Atomic Bombshells. Well, I must say we're really happy to have you here, and I know a lot of the people at the conventions that we've talked about have uh, really expressed a lot of interest in having you on the show. We so had a lot of fun at those conventions. Oh, I'm sure. Comic-Con was crazy, wasn't it? Was crazy. <laughs> Wild. Amazing costumes. So I'm curious, what uh, made you guys target conventions uh, for your for your act? Well, because we have a brand new show this year, and it's called The Atomic Bombshells Are Lost in Space, and it definitely has kind of a sci-fi, um, comic book-ish element to it. So we thought that um, definitely the people who were going to Comic-Con and the other conventions would be very interested in this show. Fantastic. <laughs> so, <laughs> fanfare right there. So, tell us a little bit about um, basically what you do with the show and uh, also how you got into it. Sure. Um, well, this show in particular, Lost in Space, is um, sort of our homage to the 1950s space age sci-fi movies. It's, it's very Jetsons-esque, um, you know, you can think of Barbarella, all the, all the old B-movies from back then. Um, and Attack of the 50 
Back to the 50 foot woman. There's all kinds of. So old films. Exactly. We we have a nod to the old Fritz Lang classic in this show. Um, So that's that's where this show is coming from. We got started. I got my start in New Orleans um, several years ago doing a really great burlesque revival show down there. And the Atomic Bombshells have been performing in Seattle and all over the world for about six years now. Now, what kind of training did you have for your uh, for your show? All the girls in our troupe are classically trained dancers, so we all have extensive experience in ballet, tap, and jazz, and we pull from all of those different disciplines. Um, and you can see elements of all those dance forms in our show. But um, I also had the privilege of being trained by some of the original stars of the Golden Age of Burlesque, these ladies who were big stars in the 50s, like Kitty West and Wild Cherry. And um, I was fortunate enough to have them sort of pass on some of their old moves to me. And that's the interesting thing about it. There's a lot of misconception because sometimes when you say burlesque to people, they get images from everything from the CD bar down on the corner to the Benny Hill show. And it's actually a very old, I mean, you can trace back to vaudeville and even before that. And, uh, you know, what are some of the things that you would say that people have, uh, that they don't understand about burlesque? And basically, how would you define it to people who don't? know what burlesque is. So burlesque encompasses many different things, but I would say the defining element of it is that it's it's um, really funny and, re- and a little bit body. It has its roots, like you said, in vaudeville, and it got its start in the late 1800s. Um, but in general, I'd say our, the kind of burlesque we do is the good old-fashioned classic style that's gorgeous costumes, glitter, sequins, fringe, um, lovely dancing girls, great choreography, and a lot of humor. I also feel that like with burlesque people, I think a main thing about it is the tease. I think people forget about that. It is really just waiting and revealing and taking your time and being funny in those moments in order for just to engage with your audience. It's very, it's it, you really interact with everyone. Absolutely, like Ruby said, it is all about the tease, and, and in our shows, it's more about what you don't reveal than what you do reveal. Now that's interesting. I'd be curious to know. Uh, what percentage of women make up your audiences, would you say, in general? 80, 80% are, are women in our audiences, and all of them come up to us after the show and just ask how they can do it, you know, <laughs> that so they feel cute. so inspired and they, how much they loved it. And, you know, well, and if the women love it, then they can almost let their, it's okay for their guys to watch it, too. Exactly. Like, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Being a performer on stage in general is very, very empowering. But I will say that with burlesque, you have more of a rapport and an interaction with your audience than you do in some other other art forms. You know, it's it's very much about sharing a joke with your audience, and it's, it's it has a really you great just response. Play the whole time. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and seeing everybody's faces in the audience and like, yeah, being with that person at that moment. Burlesque shows is is also an opportunity for the audience to participate in a way that you don't, maybe if you're at the theater or at the ballet, because we encourage our audiences to be very vocal. So it's very interactive. Very interactive. Be very vocal. Yell, cheer, whistle, and just have a good time. Show how you like it, you know? I think that's what's messing around is with a lot of live performances. It's basically sit in your chair, here it is, there you go. Right. Not so with our shows. Now, we talked earlier. You said you traveled all over Europe, Far East, uh, doing your show. What have you found about audience reactions uh, across the world? How, how do they change in different uh, countries and different regions? 
say that um, in general the way that people express themselves is very different, but the end result is always the same. For example, in China, we found audiences to be a lot more reserved and polite. Um, you know, in Europe, they get a little louder. In the States, they're louder <laughs> even still. <laughs> but, um, but the end result is always, even if a crowd is a little more on the quiet side, they always come up to us afterwards and express you know, just so how, how appreciate, yeah. appreciative and how excited they were about what they just saw. So. How many shows a year do you do on average? Ooh, that is a good question. Sometimes varies. It varies. This year's going to be a lot, mm -hmm, I feel. Mm -hmm. um, really it could be anywhere from, I mean, you know, when we tour, we're, we do, you know, a block of shows, but then we might take three months off. But I, I would say generally we probably do around 30-ish shows a year. And between rehearsal and all your promotion, what do you do when you're not out performing, rehearsing, or touring? That's a good question. We all have our secret identities that, that are, <laughs> when we're not on the stage. I actually am also in um, a touring band, so when I'm not touring or performing with the Bombshells, I'm on tour with my, my band. Very nice. What is it? Play. Um, I play bass and sing. Oh, very good. Mm -hmm. What style of music is it? It's kind of a, like poppy punk rock. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the intelligence. We're on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you? Um, well, I teach at the Academy of Burlesque with Miss Indigo Blue, mm -hmm. and um, teach a bump and grind class. So I do that on the side, and I also sell crazy dresses at a little boutique downtown. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what can you tell us about your upcoming uh, shows, and uh, what where people can buy tickets, and uh, find out more about the show? Sure. Um, the Atomic Bomb Show's Lost in Space is happening this upcoming week. It's April 7th, 8th, and 9th at the Triple Door, and there is an early and a late show each night, so if you have to get home and get in bed because it's a school night, we have an <laughs> early show for you. I hear that Friday is on the brink of being sold out, so you should get those tickets quickly. And we're also very excited to announce that we are taking Lost in Space to Bellingham oh. on Saturday night, which is April 10th. And we'll be making our Bellingham debut at the Mount Baker Theater, the historic Mount Baker Theater, which is a gorgeous old venue. Um, and that will be at 8 p.m. You can get your tickets to the Triple Door online, or you can call the Triple Door. And you can get your tickets to Mount Baker at mountbakertheater.com. Well, fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience, ladies? Um, just, you know, we are really excited to meet some new fans and have new fans at the show. And if you're already an existing Bombshells fan, we can tell you that this show is our biggest, craziest, most over-the-top production to crazy. date. And it's, it's been about a year and a half in the making. It's been about a year and a half in the making, and it's something you would definitely not want to miss. And I should probably ask... Tickets at the door, or can they get them at other ticket venues, or what's the best way for people to get tickets? The best way for you to make sure that you get a ticket in advance, because the show is going to sell out very quickly, is to get them in advance online at tripledoor.net. Or call them. Or call them. Uh, and actually, all the information is right here. You can call them at 206-838-4333. Uh, um, although, if you want to get your tickets at the door, you can certainly come walk up to the box office, and I'll sell them to you there. Well, fantastic. I'd like to thank you ladies for coming down. We really appreciate having you on the show, and we'll definitely be pushing a lot of people thank toward you. your show in the near future. We hope to thank see you, so you all there. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you.
And we just want to, uh, again, thank our special guests that were in studio this evening. And uh, we got the uh, information here. Once again, the phone number that you need to call to get tickets is uh, at the Triple Door. And the number is 206-838-4333. And uh, tripledoor.com, you do want to check that out. And up next, we've got the brand new trailer for Iron Man 2. This is the deluxe trailer. And we're told this will be the final one before it hits theaters next month. Check it out now. certainly looks fantastic. Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man 2. Uh, ladies, do you have any comments about what you think about that? I love Robert Downey Jr. I will definitely be seeing Iron Man 2. He is very cute. Scott Johansson's hot. And uh, what about Mickey Rourke? Any comments on Mickey? Rick, I love Mickey Rourke. And I thought he was amazing in The Wrestler. Mm. That was incredible. That, was, that changed his whole career right there. Yeah, absolutely. Notice the trailer, too. You know, we have The Wrestler, and now he's in The Expendables. And now he's in Iron Man 2. And this guy's got just rolling right now. And we got another special film coming up that we're going to be talking about. And uh, this, of course, is uh, the um, special, uh, well, we had request for it. This is the latest of the Twilight films, Eclipse.
three witnesses yet. No one saw a thing. Victoria's here? She keeps going back. We don't know what she's after. I do. Me. funny thing about it this is the movie that puts for, put forks washington on the map i don't know if you've seen there's a dvd out now and it's all about the impact of twilight on forks they have people touring Dr- and, and was there show- an industrial impact study done as well oh yeah yeah i mean it, it's scary they have people like could put cullen in, on their mailbox and they have this one where the uh, doctor at the clinic they have his park his name on the parking space and all of that and wow. it's kind of funny you have this logging community it's like well vampires all right and werewolves <laughs> and we'll embrace it and uh I people that come up from like arizona that come my store and they're like oh we're up here to like go and, and visit like, that's, that's the whole thing it's yeah. like enjoy, enjoy that's yourself Oh boy! But you know the thing is, it's it's just a cash cow, and they've they've already said even if she doesn't write a fifth book, they're mm-hmm. keeping the options open for another film. Oh, I'm sure they're going to keep it going as long as they can. Exactly. I'm a True Blood fan myself. That's my my vampire. Harry Potter has seven reference. books and eight movies. Exactly. And now 3D. Go figure. <laughs> you know what they ought to do seriously, and I probably shouldn't say this because someone at Warner Brothers will take it, but they ought to try to design the 3D glasses to look like the Harry Potter spectacles. So when you go in and watch the film, oh, you you have the pair the Potter I want a pair right on. now. Yeah, exactly. That'd be chic. That'd be really chic. Copyright chic. that. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I have JK's lawyers after me so fast. <laughs> but that's not record. That's not recyclable. Then how are you going to use you know for another movie? Yeah. I'm, I'm my, being green here. I people. have my own pair. <laughs> IDB is green. I, 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 I kept mine this. with me after the first screening of that. Jimmy Neutron and the Boy Genius. I still have glasses for that, but nice. or at least I think that was what it was called. Anyway, <laughs> Disney. I think that's right. I know. See, those Disney films, they get you in the end, don't they? They do. So, Darren, now what do we have up next? I think we have a, another one for that you ladies might like. Uh, Russell Crowe. We have people that wear tights and run through the forest. Oh, my favorite. And uh, unlike Kevin Costner, they will speak with a British accent. <laughs> Little ode to uh, Robin Hood men in tights there. <laughs> All right, Robin Hood coming right up. There we go.
Gladiator. And that's the latest Robin Hood film, and as I said, that certainly looks a lot better than the uh, recent uh, efforts in the film. What do you ladies think about it? see a movie where Russell Crowe is running around in tights in the woods. That sounds mm -hmm. very entertaining. Up our alley. <laughs> so have you seen the new Clash of the Titans yet? I haven't. I see the previews. Yeah, though. Sam Worthington apparently sold almost $63 million worth of tickets last weekend alone. So Wow. Yeah. Good job. Not bad for an Australian actor who about five years ago was not well known and then James Cameron plucked him to do this film called Avatar and the next thing you know everyone said, well, hey, if Cameron wants him, we want him and He's, he's hot and rolling right now. Indeed. Well, we're going to be running into some video games right now. And, of course, we'd like to thank you again for coming by tonight. And we had a wonderful time having you in the studio and drop by anytime. Right. Thanks for having thanks us. For having and we us. hope anytime. to see you all at Lost in Space next week. Or this week, rather. Absolutely. Thank you. You're very welcome. Have a good evening, everyone. You too. All right. And up next, we got the brand new Spider-Man video game trailer and some video game trailers that are coming up. And, of course, we have the uh, contest coming up a little later in the chat rooms tonight. And, uh, Darren, take it away. Well, that's just a little sample of what you have upcoming with the new Ghost Recon. And uh, for those who like action, for those who like adventure, that's definitely going to be the game for you. Mafia 2 is up next, and this is one of the brand new games coming from 2K Games. And uh, they will also be having, as we mentioned last week, the downloadable content for the new Bioshock game, Bioshock 2. But uh, this one needs no introduction. It's a little longer than a trailer because we also have a uh, developer's chat involved with it as well. So... With no further introduction, Mafia 2.
Mafia 2 is um, it's a third-person action-adventure game set in a fictional city in the East Coast of America during the 40s and 50s. It charts this guy, Vito Scaletta, that sort of rise into a life of organised crime along with his buddy, Jack. What is it that you want? You want to know why you had our friend killed? Well, like every classic mob story, Mafia 2 is a story about friendship, betrayal. The guys who you think are the bad guys might not really be the bad guys. Your best friend might be the bad guy. The thing that's really important to us is this sort of cinematic storytelling that uh, the guys here at 2K Check can sort of achieve. Something we're really proud of, something we've invested so much time and effort into making sure it's perfect. We want to present the whole game in a Hollywood film-like style, and visually it looks amazing, but it's the story that's the most important thing for us. It starts off with, it's just about Vito, and then the first guy you meet is Joe, he's Vito's best friend, and then you'll meet Vito's mother and sister right away. Vito, my boy, <laughs> my boy is home. Vito's a nice guy, he has strong morals, he doesn't kill people because he wants to, he kills because he has to. He just wants to get a bit of money, a bit of respect, and a bit of power. Vito doesn't aspire to be the dog. Here's your 300 bananas. I'm taking my cut as the middleman. Next time, you're on your own. All right. Thanks, Joe. When I first got the first version of the script, one thing that really stuck out was that it was a buddy story. It wasn't just one guy on his own doing what he wants. Like I said, I know people. You get all the official paperwork tomorrow. Joe's sort of a shoot first, sort of ask questions later sort of guy, you know. Joe is the guy who comes up with the schemes and or, or tries to come up with the schemes and Vito kind of makes sure that they both don't get arrested or killed. Joe just makes some pretty dumb decisions through, through the story, you know, and uh, Vito is just left to sort of like deal with that and sort of get Joe, his, his best buddy, out of these scrapes. Don't worry, I thought of everything. I got these phone company uniforms so we can pretend to be fixers something. Sounds a little too simple. Our goal was to build the relationship in such a way that it's clear to us, or to the player, that Joe is his best friend. Something like family, if not even more. We'll find you a job where you can make good money without killing yourself, alright? Music to my ears. Besides Joe Barbaro, there's a lot of other characters that Vito meets and interacts with, and becomes friends with throughout the story. The first real mob guy you meet is a guy named Henry Tomasino, who gives you kind of your first big break. And then uh, this guy named Eddie Scarpa, who's uh, kind of similar to Joe in that he likes the booze, he likes the women. It's an open world city with a very strong linear story traveling through it, which is maybe a little bit of a different structure than we see with other open world games. With our game, the story is incredible, the dialogue is amazing. If you knew what was really going on, you'd realize that you was better off in jail. But that don't matter now anyway. What we wanted to chart was this guy's rise through the ranks of the Mafia. The Mafia is pulling the strings. If you're ordered to do something, you have to do it, even if you don't agree. Otherwise, you won't survive, or you might lose a friend, or even your family. You're gonna do us all a favor, and if I refuse, you die. The life of a mobster isn't what it's all made out to be, you know. It's not all really glamorous, you know. It has some really bad things that happen to it, and we really explore that during the story. I think it's really interesting, people are gonna really enjoy it. What'd you say your name was? Vito. I need someone to give him a little nudge. Ten bucks a man. What if someone makes a fuss? Well, then you'll have to convince him otherwise.
Well, that looks fantastic, folks. We've got a little edgy bit of a storyline, a little bit of Don Corleone there. So check that out. That'll be coming very soon from 2K Games. Also, want to encourage people, if you haven't yet, check out Blizzard.com. I think there's still time to sign up for the StarCraft II beta. We uh, had it featured on our show for the first episode. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up with that, and we're definitely having a lot of fun playing it. And it'd certainly be nice to take on some of you guys. want to, um, again, thank our sponsors for the show, Pacific Fen Spotlight, who were uh, very gracious in sponsoring our first show and have continued to support it. And I'd also like to give a special shout-out to Mark DeGuzman, who kindly uh, has supported the show as well. We do have sponsorship programs available, as well as on-air appearances and that sort of thing. I also speak at live events. We can uh, cover you in the magazine. A lot of, lot of opportunities out there. So if you're interested, please uh, let us know. We have our moderators in the chat room right now, and they'd be more than happy to tell you how to get to the, um, to the website, how to get to the um, Facebook fan sites, all of that. Now, with, uh, speaking about evolution and change, see how I uh, seamlessly moved into that one? We've that got a little, awesome. we got something coming up now, also from 2K Games. This is Civilization V. Check this one out, folks. I think you're going to be really impressed with this one. step out from the old to the new, when an age ends, and when the soul of a nation, long suppressed, finds utterance. Build courage when courage seems to fail. Regain faith when there seems to be little cause for faith. Create hope when hope becomes forlorn. I never learned how to tune a harp or play upon a lute. But I know how to raise a small and obscure city to glory and greatness, where to all kindred of the earth will pilgrim. The great questions of the day will not be settled by means of speeches and majority decisions, but by iron and blood. I have witnessed the tremendous energy of the masses. On this foundation, it is possible to accomplish any task whatsoever. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Civilization 5, I think that's going to be really good. And as you can see, fall 2010, so it's... Getting close, probably going to be on everyone's Christmas and Hanukkah list this year. But uh, if not, uh, you can also pick it up. You don't have to wait for the holidays to get the big games. Can, can I create my own religion in that game, too? Exactly. So Darwinism? Darwinism, exactly. Right, kind of like a variation on Darwinism. Yes, I like that. Where you, I, I evolved to the ITV cult. Or, you know what? You can have a running debate. Creationism versus evolution. Which one is it going to be? First you create yourself, then you let yourself evolve. Wait a second. Is that a new video game title? Did we just copyright, copyright it? Copyright copyright it. <laughs> no, you know, I, I had this I had this idea for a game years ago and, and I, I was gonna get in trouble and I thought it should be called Gunner. And the idea behind it was it was like you, you start off with like World War II and you move through the ages up to space flight. 
and all you do is you play a gunner on the ship. You can be a tail gunner, the side gunner, anything like that, and you have to basically, uh, you know, keep the ship safe through all these different battles. And, of course, as technology came out, everything became much uh, more advanced, and I thought, well, gee, wouldn't it be interesting if they did something Blade Runner-esque where literally you had this whole virtual town and you were the one assigned to try to find someone, hunt them, and bring them in. Kind of like a MMOPG where you have to hunt someone and the people you hunt are actual real people. So they're constantly trying to stay one step ahead of you. That'd be awesome. And that'd be very interesting. Also copyrighted. <laughs> that being said, though, we'd also like to give a, a special shout out to the guys at PopCap who were very uh, kind in uh, helping us with uh, the Plants vs. Zombie. We're going to be having the producers for Bejeweled uh, coming into the studio in the not-too-distant future. We also have the guys from Night Zero uh, coming in, and I believe they will be on next week's show on the 12th, barring any changes. So we have a lot of good stuff coming up. And ironically, you were talking about this earlier. I got a chance to see Clash of the Titans, because as you know, yep. we talked about that I was not able to make the screener because I had to be, um, well, that didn't have to be, but I was here doing the show for everybody Because it's live. Live, exactly. Not Memorex live. Uh-oh. Now I owe money. Wait. Kodak. Are I mean, they still um, around? Flash. I yeah, mean, that's uh, it. QuickTime. Flash USB. Um, and so what we did was uh, we came in and we did the show. And what I've heard is that um, basically as we talked about, it was converted up from um, 3D after it was already in the can. So there was a big debate about should you go see 3D, should you see the 2D. We had somebody, very, very big debate. I, had, uh, I went and saw the 2D based on some recommendations from a lot of people that said, see the movie, but it's not worth the extra money to go see the 3D because there's nothing uh, you know, about it that's really going to stand out. So that being said, I saw it. It's uh, done very well. It opened the number one film in the country. And so there's a lot of talk that they are going to be doing. Uh, they already have sequels in place. And if they don't do sequels, they will probably do something of a prequel nature so we'll see how that comes out and uh up next is we're going to show something that we saw during the film prince of persia <clears throat> in a few moments while it downloads a few moments while it downloads yes oh my goodness live, so awesome see folks here. live tv at its finest live tv at its finest what can we say we what actually planned for this to let people know that it's actually live um so we have to come up with improv halfway through the show. Improv. <laughs> improv. So we can do the, we do the mime thing. We mime do the Marcel thing. Marceau. I'm the mime in the box and everything like that. Or we, we can always do like family karaoke night. You know, it's <laughs> funny you mentioned Bejeweled coming on the show. I believe one of the creators of that game filmed a movie that I was actually worked on not too long ago, a few years back, um, called Mime vs. Clown. Mm -hmm. And it actually had a full... I believe a lightsaber sequence in it and everything. Um, I, I, we'll find out when he comes in. You know, speaking of the lightsaber the sequence, guys. I'm glad you actually mm -hmm. mentioned that, Darren, since we're talking games. There's this game from uh, Ubisoft who also does the Prince of Persia game that um, I'm really curious about. It's called uh, Red Steel 2. Now, Red Steel was one of the first games to come out for the Wii, and it combined sword fighting and shooting. And the idea behind it was to, you know, really show off the fact that you could do that. Now, it had some mixed reviews, the original, but Red Steel 2 is out. And a lot of people have said, this has got the realistic sword play down now that they've, you know, the Wii has been around for a couple of years. And as, as we talked about in the past, they're supposed to unveil the Wii 2 at E3 this summer. 
And I'm really curious to see how that plays out. We may do a review and get that on a future show because we've had a lot of people say, hey, how's the sword fighting in um, Red Steel 2? How's the action? How does it play out? Um, we talked, you know, in the past, there's a Sega game called The Conduit, and that was very popular. It actually was one of the few Wii games that had multiplayer to it. And we understand that there's a sequel coming up for that as well. And uh, one of the things that I found interesting, and I should probably talk about this, is that PAX... Uh, Fantastic Gaming Expo. We're uh, there all the time. Largest gaming expo in America, second largest in the world, and may now be the largest in the world. That they've recently had PAX East, where they do the show in Boston. They're still doing the one in Seattle. Well, they have this guy. I don't know if you heard about this. He actually went over to uh, a gaming booth, hooked up his laptop, and tried to steal code of an unreleased game. And he got like 14 megs of the game out. And uh, they, they caught him, and he took off. And he got into the crowd, and they caught him, and they detained him. And he said, well, you know, I'm just trying to, um, just trying to, you know, I like the game. I don't want to wait for the demo. I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And, well, the problem was the rumor is that the company that actually helps design the game also does some work for the government. So there might have been some proprietary code down there. That's, how do we put, not fit for the general public. So they wanted to make a real example about him. And I was told that as of the other day, he skipped on his hearing. So he's now wanted. <laughs> Dead or alive. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I'm a hacker <laughs> on a Macintosh I ride. You know what? You know what? Here's the thing. On a Hackintosh I ride. And here's the thing about it. I swear to God. If he comes out and does one of the Hinkleys and says, I was doing it to impress Jodie Foster, I am just, that's it. I am done. <laughs> hey, wouldn't that be, um, hang on, hang on. Lindsay hand. Lohan, maybe? No, uh, close, close. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Star Wars. Oh, uh, girl. Yeah, 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 Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. That could work. Yeah. You know, that's, that's like the ultimate fanboy right there. I'm going to go into the ultimate fan convention. I'm going to steal a video game to try to impress a chick. <laughs> Who probably is going to say, what's a video game? <laughs> Baby, I have StarCraft 3. Don't you want me? <laughs> yeah, it's like Human League. Don't you want me, baby? Don't you want me? Oh. You know the sad thing? <laughs> we actually sounded good doing that. <laughs> I'm glad. Oh, you know, if you, if you went back in time and watched ITV Live or when I first started streaming in the studio, I used to perform karaoke online. The trick is you got to, you know what, we should have, we should have the girls, should have the girls here, we could have done human. Come yeah. on baby, dry your eyes, wipe your tears. And then they could come into the part, I never meant to be. Yeah, I can't get the high anymore. <laughs> well, not without some assistance and a vice grip, but you know, not, not doing that to myself. Speaking of which, did you catch South Park this week? No, I, you know, I they had South Park a fantastic, so they, the new shows have been really wow. good. They, they ripped on Tiger Woods and Go last figure. week they did the whole debate about medicinal marijuana and uh, how, you know, certain states are banning fast food in low income neighborhoods. And wow. it was funny because the whole idea was when they banned KFC, they're actually turned the underground cartel began illegally moving and transporting <laughs> no. KFC around to meet the needs. And it was it was very clever about it. You know, it's funny. There was a King of the Hill episode, I think, that where they weren't allowed to serve burgers and they drove the mm -hmm. burger shack around or something yep. like that. Yep. And, 
And I remember American Dad did one about how they banned trans fat. Trans fat. And he was using his son as a mule to get the trans fat back and forth outside of the county. So, you know, know, interesting stuff here, interesting times. But, uh, you know, that being said, uh, we we got a lot of interesting stuff coming up here. And I believe we have it queued up and ready now. Ladies and gentlemen, Prince of Persia. about the game is unique. Forgotten Sands for the Wii has exclusive storyline, exclusive environments, has exclusive mechanics. It's made from the ground up for the Nintendo Wii. The game comes from a rich heritage. We wanted to keep the feel of the game right. What is a Prince of Persia game? You know the essence. Acrobatic moves, combat, puzzle solving. We knew we had to have those elements. The game had to look great. It has a steady frame rate, about 60 FPS. And this is very important for a Prince of Persia game because the Prince is moving fast. You know, you have to have fluid animation throughout the game. Prince of Persia games are known for their intricate level design. We wanted to give the players some freedom, but still have intriguing environments that will be fun to navigate. In combat, we use the motion control. Like sword attack, you swing the Wii Remote and to make punches, you use the nunchuck. There's a grab-and-throw move, there's a finishing move, tornado attack, where you can down and attack all the enemies. One of our design challenges was trying to find powers that could only be done on the Wii. The Prince will be able to use sand powers, the uh, sand ring, which allow him to create rings on walls, so he can climb up higher or and reach uh, otherwise unreachable areas. second one is the sand pillar, so he can elevate himself. And the third one is the sand sphere he can use as a, a jumping platform and safety net. All the powers are used by pointing at the screen and selecting where you want to use the power. Each power in itself is fun, but when you chain them one after the other, that's when I, I get the biggest thrill. So all these new sand powers can also be used uh, in combat. The sand ring, for example, can be used to freeze an enemy. The sand pillar will propel enemies in the air so the prince can attack them. And the sand sphere is more of a defensive skill. I think what the people love about the Prince is the way it's not just about fighting, it's about using the environment to overcome challenges. We came up with a mantra or a design principle which we call create your own path. We want the player to be able to navigate his environment in different ways. So he can use his powers if he wants, he can just rely on his acrobatic skills, he can use uh, one of the alternate paths that we, we have hidden in the game. If I want to explore upward here, I can do that and maybe there's a secret area and there are a lot. When we thought of co-op, we wanted something where a big brother would be able to play with his little brother, little sister. A second player can jump in whenever he wants and help the first player who is playing the prince. Slowing down enemies, slow traps, uh, drawing path on the screen to indicate, I think you've missed a secret area over there. We nailed the Prince of Russia feel and experience. We took the time to build a high production values, high quality game, a high caliber action adventure game. Remember, we also have um, Jake Gyllenhaal will be starring in the Prince of Persia movie that's coming out this summer. And uh, in, a, I think, two weeks, we're going to do our summer movie preview. So you're going to want to be here for that. We're going to have trailers of all the big summer films that are coming out and the things you want to keep an eye out for. Uh, also, want to, again, thank the good folks at NorwestCon. We had a great time at the convention yesterday. 
had a pack standing room only video game panel, so really happy about that. We also talked about some of the upcoming films that are coming out. And uh, I will be appearing next at Crypticon, which will be up at the Holiday in Everett near the end of June. And I can announce now, this has been under wraps for a little while, but the Reverend En Fuego on the uh, KSW BJCA Morning Experience with uh, Undead Radio and uh, looks like PopCap, we're going to be doing a live MMOPG at Crypticon with some special prizes and stuff like that. So uh, the guys who do the Zombie Walk, who we hope will also be special in-studio guests in the near future, are helping out with this. We'll have a lot of details uh, as we get closer to the June launch date. But if you're interested in that, uh, do check us out. And uh, you can also send, you know, check us out at sknr.net. You can check us out in the uh, chat room. The moderators are there, and they'll tell you about how you can sponsor the show, how you can win some of the prizes. We had uh, 10 prizes go out to our... Uh, folks who joined our new Facebook page last week. So we got a lot of good stuff coming. In fact, I can tell you this now. We just came up with the cover for issue three of the magazine. And uh, we're going to put the most controversial video game in history, possibly. It may make Grand Theft Auto look like a day at the children's park. And that is Postal 3. Not even out yet. And it should follow suit as the others in the series did. Be banned in Australia. Be banned in Germany. Parts of Europe. And uh, it's coming soon, and one of the missions is that you get to play, uh, you get to go hunt down and take out Uva Boll for his uh, crimes against video game cinema. And the great thing about it is Uva's apparently been a really good sport, and he's playing along with it, and a lot of good stuff on that. And we're going to be doing a cover story about that, and uh, there's a chance, hopefully a decent chance, that yours truly will actually be voicing a character in the game. They're getting into the voice casting right now, and they said that... Uh, you know, the intention was always that they should have something for me. Probably not, you know. So we'll see how that all plays out. And I just, I look forward to being on Nightline saying that, yes, I had no idea that there would be a uh, parody of this and that, this and that when it uh, happens. I can tell you this, Randy Pitchford, who plays the cowboy in The Village People, is actually one of the lead characters of the show. And he plays like a uh, variation on Marlon Brando's character in The Wild One, only he's the leader of a gay biker gang so to give you an idea of what we have coming up with uh, this game is going to be fantastic and it's done by running with scissors and they of course did the very controversial postal and postal 2 and postal apocalypse weekend which became the uva bowl directed film postal and so on and so forth which i also have a blink and you'll miss me part in it <laughs> let's just say i remember hitting the cobblestone rolling very quickly from the explosion at that day it was a it was a fun afternoon up in British Columbia. Let's let's. Uh, Sounds like fun. Oh yeah, it's always it's always a good time. Let, let's show them the new and improved uh, skewed and reviewed feature on the studio now, because people never get a chance to see me. Oh look at that! Look at that! I'm over here now. <laughs> Hi everyone. Your lovely your lovely uh, technical director, director, producer, Dara Bruce in the background with Gareth on the couch. Exactly. Yeah, looking look at right back at this screen. Slide to it. Yeah. Slide to it. <laughs> You know, it's funny. It's going to be like making a movie. I'm going to have to start covering up the logos on my shirt. Oh, say can't. You know, and it's funny Gap I say that. Gap that logo. I, it's funny that we say that. It's actually uh, baseball season. You know, as, as is, we yes. speak right now, the Mariners are underway with the uh, Oakland A's, so hopefully everything's going well. You know, when the show's over, we'll see how that all plays out. And uh, speaking of plays out also, <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks are... Uh, getting close to the draft so we'll see how they uh, how they draft all play out anyway all kidding aside folks we had kind of a 
free-flowing show today. We kept it really simple because we had the lovely guest in the studio today and uh, wanted to make sure that we had a lot of um, time with them. So we kept it very simple. We went heavy on the trailers. And, uh, we, we, of course, I'm not going to go a week without giving you the latest film news. We talked about the Clash of the Titans prequels now that it's open number one. Interesting one for you here. Anna Ferris, Seattle's own Anna Ferris, has uh, been cast to uh, headline the remake of the Goldie Hawn classic, Private Benjamin. You mentioned that last week. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. I was think, talking about it with Genevieve today, and I said, you know, it would be really interesting if they have a piece for Goldie in that. And I thought, wouldn't it be ironic if Goldie played the drill sergeant that made Private Benjamin's life a living hell? Because yep. the two of them were actually very close friends in real life, Goldie Hawn and the other woman. She had a, mm -hmm. I believe if I remember correctly, she got hit by an, a car while her and Goldie were out on the town, and she was very seriously hurt, and, you know, just their friendship endured through all of that and the recovery. So it would be very interesting to see how that uh, plays out. The other things that I'm really curious to find out about is, obviously, there's going to be a sequel to the A-Team, you know, providing the thing doesn't tank at the mm -hmm. box office, which looks highly unlikely. You've got uh, Chris Evans uh, as Captain America. He's got a new film coming out. And uh, we also have a movie we're going to be reviewing soon called Kick-Ass about a bunch of teens that decide they're going to, you know, be the superheroes and go from there. So, I was wondering when you were going to get to that one. Oh, Kick-Ass? Of course I'm going to get to that. There, that's, you know, I don't let things get Wait, slide under the radar too much. One thing, though, yeah. is it going to be in 3D? No. Good. <laughs> no. One thing, though, that is really hot right now is uh, Star Trek Online. The guys at Cryptic, they have this very hot game. And uh, I was actually playing it a little bit today. I uh, got to go out cruising, uh, completed a couple missions. I finally got some weaponry, and I'm actually dealing it to the guys, not having to you know, team up with people to actually take down some ships. And uh, they've got a new chapter and a new episode coming up. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a massive free update. They're going to have new playable races, new uh, Tier 5 ships, all sorts of stuff. So... You know, that's a great thing about it. I love when they sit there and they promote a new game and they put stuff out that you will continue to play mm -hmm. and uh, they don't charge you for it. Mm -hmm. That's Absolutely. A great thing. I'm huge on that. You pay a $9.95 a month for the, mm -hmm. the thing, do it. You know, you know I was actually going to go buy that game and, and unfortunately I saw a review of it. And then I, uh, now after what you said, I, I might... Oh, absolutely. You know, here's the when thing. do I have time to play video games? Well, exactly. <laughs> here's the I'm thing, the studio. though. Star Trek fans expect mm -hmm. the world yeah. and it's a massive license but the thing is how many mmopg games now are the same way they were when they started mm -hmm. they come out and they adapt them based on fans saying i like this i don't like this this is what i want this is what i don't want and that's all done in mind they're just trying to get a stable game out the door and customize it mm -hmm. i mean i've seen games look at uh, look at the um the star wars online game you know, they changed it so it used to be a nightmare to become a Jedi Knight. And then they said, okay, boom, you can be a Jedi Knight right off the top. And it angered some people, but the point is they made it accessible because mm -hmm. people said, I want to be a Jedi Knight. I don't have a year and a half of questing to play to get to that level. There you go. You know, another prime example is, uh, you know, you just, you look at these things and you say, this is giving the people what they want. That's why World of Warcraft mm -hmm. has been so successful. Mm -hmm. They constantly give people what they want. They've got Cataclysm coming up, mm -hmm. and so there you go. The one I was playing was um, the the new I saw it at PAX last year, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. um, and the way they play it is it's a free free play game, but you actually buy your modules to upgrade. 
So you could play all you want up to level four, but to go through levels five through nine, you had to upgrade, you had to buy a package that would unlock it so your character could develop further. So you're not necessarily playing a monthly fee, but you can take it as far as you want. If you want to spend 50 bucks on the game and equip your character, I'm more partial to those kind of games because I, I just like the whole idea of MMORPGs where you, can, you don't have to pay to play. Oh, exactly. You know? so exactly. And see, and that's the great thing about that is that mm -hmm. there's just so much coming right now. And the important thing is, uh, you know, LucasArts, I am really, really interested to see how the, um, the Old Republic, the, you know, the new massive online Star Wars game done by BioWare comes out. And they're taking their time with it. And that's the important thing. Mm -hmm. Folks, we're getting really close to running out of time tonight. But I want to thank you so much for uh, tuning in as always. Tell your friends we have a lot of good contests. Next week, Night Zero, right here in studio. We're going to be talking zombie bashing, and we'll have the latest in game news, movie news, trailers, and a special contest. Check us out on the website, sknr.net. Thank you very much, and you have a wonderful evening. We're out.